Good Monday morning. Welcome to the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Hope you had a great weekend. And here we are, starting off another week with all the same usual madness, insanity, stupidity, craziness. (laughs) But my hope is that you will uh, triumph over all. I... um, I have a lot of things to talk about during the course of the broadcast today. Um, my goodness, it's such a weird mix. A really weird mix. It's been quite an interesting weekend, to say the least. Quite an interesting weekend. Just a preview of some of the things we'll discuss during the course of the broadcast today. Locally, We had a very unfortunate incident at a football game. Our good friend Brett Jensen had breaking news on this story when it happened on Friday. We'll tell you what happened and the reaction to it. On the grander scale, what's going on with the nation? Supposedly, we're in a place of significant recovery We're apparently not feeling it. You're going to be blown away by a number I share with you about what's happening with mortgages. These numbers are astounding. I'll get to that in a bit, which also sets up a very interesting conversation about new polling from ABC. And this really has to have the mainstream news media scared to death. Uh, We'll get some perspective on this new polling data. That's really raising a lot of eyebrows. Also, we've got a mess going on with the Republican Party. The House is in disarray. It really is a mess. I warned you at the very beginning, Kevin McCarthy is just not ready for prime time. There's some good things he's done along the way. But I think the grander picture is this party sucks. I mean, I just want to be blunt about it. The party sucks because I don't even know what this party believes. What do they stand for? You got all these people out there grandstanding and complaining because they can't come up with a little budget deal. And what they want to do is cave and they want to make a deal just to make a deal. And the people who want to stand for fiscal responsibility, they're just a handful of them. What does this party stand for? What do they believe? If you're a Republican lawmaker, by the way, and you want to call and tell me what your party stands for, you're welcome to. I don't know what this party is about. I really don't. I'm at the point where I believe most Republicans are just opposed to Democrats. That's it. It's just a different Uh, Jersey, as it's been described. That's all. We're opposed to the Democrats. Okay, that's wonderful. So we'll offer our alternative crappy legislation instead of the crappy legislation from the others. Anyway, we'll talk about this disarray. Uh, Not a, as you know, I'm not a football fan, but you better believe I took note (laughs) of one particular game that happened yesterday. Oh my goodness. A good friend of mine posted something on social media, which I think will absolutely amuse you. Share a little bit about my weekend and some unfortunate news on a good friend of mine in Congress. I 
am going to briefly address a situation that has become very public and share my thoughts, whatever they're worth, in this very bizarre world in which we live. I want to begin with a human interest story. I thought this story was absolutely cool. It's kind of cool when people just do things that are absolutely generous. There's no reason for them but just to do it. This story out of Salt Lake City, a Utah restaurant owner and his staff got the surprise of a lifetime when a group of customers decided to leave a huge tip. Now, when I say huge, I'm talking huge. Alfonso Brito, he certainly recognizes running a successful restaurant, it's not easy. After years of moving up in the kitchen, he and his wife opened Monarca, a Mexican restaurant in Salt Lake City. This is just two years ago. See, I love this story. These folks are immigrants. When we moved to America, we had nothing to our names. Zero. I mean, imagine that. $20 in our pocket. $20. We started working in the restaurant business as dishwashers. Was well, hard work certainly paid off. Just a few days ago, when a regular customer visited with a group of about 20 friends. Now, obviously, that's got to be a pretty good tip. You got 20 people walking in? Yeah, that's a good thing. They were about to leave and said, hey, Alfonso, can you come with your crew? We want to thank you because we had a great time. I said, of course. Brito rounded up his staff and got the surprise of a lifetime when the group handed over the tip. Are you ready for the amount of this tip? He just pulled out of his pocket $10,000 in $100 bills. Brito said, I didn't know what to say. I was in shock. The astonished employees cheered and clapped. Stephen Hayward, actually Harward, and the Keisha Timms, among the group giving out the tip, they said their friends have been giving out $1,000 tips at deserving restaurants at Menarca. They were able to band together for a $10,000 tip just because. Harward saying, just such a cool experience to be able to give back a little bit. In fact, the group wanted to make sure their server got $2,000 of the tip. The rest was split up and given to the restaurant staff who worked that day. Tim saying to see the tears coming down our waiter's face and how he was just full of gratitude. It was so cool. Preto says he's grateful his amazing staff members were recognized for their hard work. It makes this world really a good place because we have these amazing people around who recognize my staff. You imagine that going into a restaurant, regular day, just doing your thing, and you walk home with $2,000 for a tip. That is absolutely cool. Absolutely cool.
Still to come on the broadcast, we've got some good news to report. If you are concerned about your media programming, I was thinking about this the other day. Actually, it was yesterday. I had a friend who was asking me whether I watched a particular show, and I realized there was a whole stretch of time that I really haven't watched a lot of, especially regular television. So as we report on good news about a possible settlement in the writer's strike, I ask you the question, do you care? Are you watching? We'll deal with that as we continue the broadcast this morning. Also, as I mentioned, we'll deal with some local um, insanity will be a good way to look at it. What happened at one football game locally that is stirring a lot of embarrassment this morning? That much more as we continue the Vince Coakley radio program on this Monday. You're back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program. (laughs) This is Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. Can you believe this month is almost over? But we do not let this month go by without a very important event coming up on Thursday. Time for the fourth annual WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive. Your generous donations of blood are critical in helping brave kids in the fight for their lives. So, we're asking you to consider donating this coming Thursday, September 28th, at the WFNZ Doghouse in Uptown. The fourth annual WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive in partnership with One Blood. Visit WBT.com for details and to register your appointments on the One Blood Big Red Bus. And we express our appreciation to you in advance for your participation. If you would like to join the conversation, give us a call right here at 704-570-1110. That's 704-570-1110. If you'd like to weigh in on anything that we discuss during the course of the broadcast today, and believe me, um, we'll have some very interesting things to discuss. Especially. Well, there's really no especially because there is a lot throughout this broadcast that we will delve into. I want to go into what happened on Friday. I'm trying to remember where I was on Friday. I think I was right here at home. I I think I was, uh, I had not gone anywhere. That was Saturday when I traveled. You ever have those weekends where everything just kind of runs together? I... Remember vividly looking through and seeing some social media and came across an X post. What do you call it now? You can't call it a tweet anymore since it's called X, right? Is it a tweet from X? Maybe somebody who's an expert on this, an expert on this. That was an unintentional pun, by the way. Can uh, enlighten me. This was the post from our own Brett Jensen. Friday evening, a huge brawl at Harding High's home football game in the stands has taken place during homecoming. Dozens were involved. The principal got hit and knocked over by the kids. 
boys hit girls and each other. CMPD, Mech Sheriff, and security broke it up. Stands are getting cleared. Rather unfortunate. At Harding High. Charlotte Observer following up on this story. Large fight at Charlotte High School football game and embarrassment. You think? <laughs> That's what the principal says about this. Police cleared the stands of spectators after a large fight broke out during a football game at Harding University High School Friday night. One minor injury reported. The fight involved multiple adults and students. That was kind of intriguing to hear. Charlotte Mecklenburg Police arrested two people who were not students. The homecoming game against North Mecklenburg High School continued after the stands were cleared. Police were on site for the duration of the game and through the clearing of parking lots. No other incidents occurred. The principal, Glenn Starnes, said he expects better of those involved. What I witnessed was an embarrassment to our community. Does not align to the values of excellence held at our school. We must maintain our focus on student achievement and providing a safe and welcoming environment. This can only be done with the support of families in the community. It was unknown Saturday. What prompted this fight and how many people were involved? So, it's kind of crazy. These kinds of things happen. I guess you can call it a foot brawl Friday night. Not very good at all. If you happen to have been there and have some insight to offer, I would be uh, very curious to hear from you. 704-570-1110. How are you doing on the financial front? What is your balance sheet looking like? How are you faring? I was just thinking of this this morning as I went to the store and I got a few things. I think the largest ticket item on my shopping list this morning was dog food. That was like $16, $17 for this huge bag of my dog's favorite food. But the few things I purchased, it's about $50. I was like, really? I looked in the bag of things that I brought home. It was basically the dog food and two bags of things. I think it was maybe some juice and what else was in that? It, it wasn't a lot at all. $50. Michael McDonough, I want to make sure you understand, it's McDonough, not McDonald, <laughs> not the singer, not Michael McDonald of Sweet Freedom fame. This guy, Michael McDonough, is a chief economist, financial products at Bloomberg. And I was quite stunned by his social media post on X. By the way, I'm interrupting myself here because I do have ADHD. Senator Bob Menendez is apparently going to do a news conference. Boy, is this going to be a treat. Just when we thought we had enough to discuss this morning, he is apparently going to speak. Boy, this should be a riot. He's going to talk about how innocent he is. Some explanation for all of that money that was found at his house. I mean, this guy, he's slime. Just complete slime. This is one of those where you just, you just go away. You just disappear. 
It's so monumental. Anyway, speaking of money, Michael McDonald posted this. The monthly mortgage payment for purchasers of existing homes using the 30-year average mortgage rate stands at $2,309. That's the average 30-year average mortgage rate. All right? Are you ready for me to completely depress you? Because you need to know this. And if you live in the real world, you probably know this from experience. Do you know what this figure was in March of 2020? Okay, I'll remind you again. $2,309. Here it is. The figure in March of 2020 was a mere $977. That's extraordinary. I mean, that's more than doubled. Who can afford this? Who can afford this? Which is a good lead-in to where we're going next. And some horrible polling numbers for Joe Biden. This guy's in trouble. And this is one of the reasons why I keep telling you folks, I'm convinced they are going to push this guy out of the way. They've got to. He is a walking disaster. And we're back to the Vince Coakley radio program. This is a program where we are always on standby for breaking news. Coming up in the next hour, allegedly, Senator Bob Menendez is going to have a news conference. As I told you, this should be a winner. You've probably seen all weekend there have been calls for him to resign. I think AOC is one of the people who has declared that... He needs to throw in the towel. But he, so far, has communicated he is quite defiant. He is not going anywhere. So, this will be very entertaining to watch. We talked about economics, and I'm very curious about your economics. How are you really doing in this atmosphere financially? ABC News has an interesting story out And I'm sure they had a lot of heartburn as they shared this story. They have a new poll showing Donald Trump edging out Joe Biden 51-42 in a head-to-head matchup. The president's job approval rating, 19 points underwater. 19 points underwater. So how bad is this? Well, it's really entertaining to listen to... The mainstream news media deliver this. They, I know they're not happy. They can't be. And let me just tell you, before you hear the reporterette deliver the news about what's going on with this polling, let me remind you about my prediction again. Joe Biden is not going to be the nominee. They are going to throw this guy out. They're going to push him out of the picture. They've got a few months to pull this off. They cannot let this stand. They cannot, especially with the prospect of getting beat by Donald Trump. Joe Biden has got to go. And you're going to hear this chorus get louder and louder in the coming months until somebody like Gavin Newsom emerges. Who knows? Maybe they'll get Michelle Obama to run. 
or Oprah. Who knows? But they will absolutely find somebody who they believe is electable and clean. When I say clean, no baggage to run against what they're presuming now will be Donald Trump. I believe this was on ABC News, introduced by one of my favorite journalists, who is just so, so brimming with objectivity, George Stephanopoulos. I just want to barf every time I see that man. I'm serious. You know, everything about that man, ever since I remember him way back to the Clinton campaign, it just says weasel. Am I wrong about this? Does anybody get that same vibe from him? It just says weasel. Just slimy. Nevertheless, so he introduces Mary Bruce, who is reporting from the White House for ABC News about the horrible polling numbers coming out on Joe Biden. Here is what Mary Bruce had to say. While officials here are downplaying these latest numbers, but they certainly are cause for concern for Democrats. Look, President Biden is making the economic recovery the cornerstone of his reelection campaign. But our latest ABC News Washington Post poll shows Americans overwhelmingly just aren't feeling it. That despite easing inflation and low unemployment, Americans really aren't buying into his positive Bidenomics message. Just 30 percent of Americans approve of his handling of the economy. In fact, 44 percent of people say they are not as well off now as they were when Biden took office. And on another hot-button issue, immigration, the numbers show only 23% of Americans approve of the president's handling of that situation. All of this is leading to a dismal approval rating for the president, now 19 points underwater. And when it comes to Biden himself, we know this. His age is a real political problem for him. Right now, three-quarters of Americans, 74%, say that he is too old to effectively serve a second term. And a majority of Democrats say someone else should actually be the nominee, though the party is deeply divided on who that someone else should be. And take a look at this when it comes to the head-to-head matchup with Donald Trump. Our poll is an outlier and it does differ significantly from other recent polling. But our poll shows Trump with a nine-point lead over President Biden, while 538's average polling still has Biden up by roughly two points. And get this, when we ask people if they think that Donald Trump should be constitutionally disqualified from serving another term, even those who said yes, that Trump shouldn't be allowed to run, 18% of them said that they would still vote for him. So, George, the bottom line here, this is just one poll. We are still a ways out from the election, but these numbers do show some real weaknesses for President Biden, George. Imagine that, some weaknesses for Joe Biden. (laughs) My goodness. (sighs) This is, it really is pathetic. The Hill has a similar story. The memo, worried Democrats fret Trump is more electable than believed. (laughs) Democrats who believe former President Trump is unelectable in 2024 may have to pin their hopes on his personality and past conduct rather than his actual policies. Trump may simply be too disliked by too many people to prevail in a general election. And the combined weight of two impeachments, legacy of January 6th, and four criminal indictments could sink him. But it's notable that on three of the most controversial issues facing the nation, abortion, immigration, and the war in Ukraine, Trump is either trimming his sails into an electable shape, or public opinion is shifting in his direction. Some Democrats worry their party colleagues 
are being far too complacent about President Biden's chances of victory. If Trump is his opponent, given the multitude of challenges the incumbent is facing. Hank Sheinkoff, New York Democratic strategist, told this column, I've been talking about this for weeks and months. The only good news for Biden right now is the prospect of a government shutdown and this impeachment talk. But there's rising crime around the country. The economy is lousy, regardless of what Biden says. Biden is seen as old and Kamala Harris is not really liked at all. If the election was held tomorrow, Trump would win. Trump could afford to fix his focus on a coming general election, too. He has a huge lead in GOP primary polls. And his most serious rival, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, keeps drifting down. The most conspicuous element of Trump's desire to preserve electability is his position on abortion. The former president has staunchly declined, at least so far, to endorse calls for a federal ban on the procedure after a specific number of weeks. Instead, Trump has branded this six-week Florida ban backed by DeSantis a terrible mistake. You get the idea behind the story. Democrats are in a panic. When you have Democratic strategists talking down Joe Biden and warning folks, this voice, these voices are going to get louder. They're not going to let this stand. I'm assuring you that's not going to happen. Still to come in the broadcast, we're going to have a little fun listening to poor Joe Biden with another gaffe. I'm just going to tell you again, Joe Biden's wife, so-called Dr. Jill Biden, that woman is despicable. How in the world? I, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud here. If I had a spouse who was gradually fading out into the sunset and losing their mind, could I watch while this person continues to embarrass herself repeatedly? Could I do that? I couldn't. What kind of a person can do that? There are a bunch of words I can think of, words that I don't use on this broadcast. But I can use the word despicable. Coming up, you'll hear it for yourself. One of the latest gaffes from poor... Joe Biden, bless his heart. We'll get to that and talk about the ongoing problems for Kevin McCarthy as we continue the Vince Coakley radio program. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program. If you'd like to join the conversation, phone number 704-570-1110. Coming up next hour, we're going to Talk about a little bit from the weekend and some experiences there Um, and a very delicate conversation I'll have with you about a very good friend of mine who I am very uh, disturbed by some recent developments and I think it necessary to address them here. That's coming up in just a few minutes. Let's see. What do I want to talk about? Let's have a little fun first. And I told you that this is a paradox for me because I 
I try to engage people first as human beings. When I look at Joe Biden, I see a man who, um, who desperately needs to be taken out of the spotlight. He needs to be spending time with his grandchildren. Away from the spotlights, away from cameras, away from microphones, away from the Oval Office. And I assure you, if he were a Republican, I'd be saying the same thing. But there is also the political side and the humor side that this guy just, he's a gaffe machine. He's been a gaffe machine all of his life. And it's really kind of a paradox because on the one hand, I feel sorry for him as a human being. But on the other hand, this guy has never been a decent human being. He's always been a liar. He's plagiarized. He is exaggerated. He's just not a decent human being. Never has been. Now, he tries to give the image of being a decent human being, but he's not. I have a couple of gaffes for you. (laughs) I want you to, uh, let's see, where do we begin? There was a group that met a few days ago. They had a very important event. It was a special gala for the Congressional Hispanic Caucus. Now, I want you to keep in mind what I just said. The Congressional Hispanic Caucus. This first clip that you will hear is Joe Biden running off his mouth, and then at the very end, you'll hear him make reference to a group. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You just have to uh, just have to shake your head at this stuff. Here he is, um, Mr. Magoo, addressing the Congressional Hispanic Caucus. Listen up. Congratulations tonight, awardees, inclusive Sister Norma. Sister, I don't know where you are, but uh, bless me, Father, but I have not sinned so far tonight. I want you to know, look, you're known as the Mother Teresa of Texas. And Sister, uh, I know Sister Norma lives the lessons she's nuns taught me growing up. Lessons based on the Gospel of Matthew. Feed the hungry, care for the sick, welcome strangers. They echo what my dad taught me, and I mean this sincerely. My dad used to say, everyone, everyone is entitled to be treated with dignity and respect. The Congressional Black Caucus embodies all those values. Just think of the work we've done together on civil rights, labor rights, health care, education. <laughs> you remember who he was speaking to? The Congressional Hispanic Caucus. And here he is praising the Congressional Black Caucus. This poor guy does not know where he is. He really doesn't. And then... It's really sad when you have people who are trying to be cool. And in the course of trying to be cool, not only do they just totally butcher the person's name, then they just say just weird, random stuff. I mean, there are three gaffes in here. One of them is getting the guy's name wrong. Um, Another gaffe is a um, reference that I think many people would call racial and very inappropriate. And then the other one kind of makes you wonder, um, 
what's going on with this guy? Why is he admiring this particular aspect of this guy? Uh, I'll just let you listen for yourself. This is yet another gaffe. Here is your president and mine, Mr. Magoo. And two of the great artists of our time representing the groundbreaking legacy of hip-hop in America, LLJ Cool J. Uh, <laughs> by the way, that boy's got, that man's got biceps bigger than my thighs. I think he's been... And MC Light, both of you, thank you. Oh, my goodness. LL, who is this guy again? Jake, oh my gosh. And then talking about his biceps, that was kind of weird. In addition to referring to him as a boy. A boy. Now I ask you, if Kevin McCarthy said this, oh, if Donald Trump called him a boy, what kind of news coverage do you think we would see? We would not hear the end of it. Oh, yeah, this just confirms he's a racist. He's a racist. Now, I happen to be somewhat sympathetic. This reminds me of a situation I dealt with back in Kentucky when I was a young reporter. And there's a governor. His name was Happy Chandler. And he used the N-word a couple of times. And I, I, I was not reactionary about it. I mean, ultimately, the guy died. And interestingly enough, um, this is just crazy. But the point I was making about this, I, I felt sorry for the man. We, I, I did an interview with the guy. Because I thought the guy was, he was senile. He was clearly losing his mind. And his family, I think, ultimately kind of helped to move him off the stage, which is what they needed to do. Um. And people tend to revert into where they were years ago. This was a guy, Happy Chandler, grew up in a time where they used language like this. And they thought it was appropriate. Calling somebody boy. And yet, Joe Biden, I don't think this man has ever stopped. But he's never been questioned in the way that other people have been questioned. And he needs to be. But at this point, you know, it's, it's, why even bother? The guy just across the board needs to go away. Away. Still to come in the broadcast, we'll talk about the weekend, have a little fun, a story about a football game this weekend, and uh, I'll also uh, share about a very unfortunate story involving a member of Congress. That much more on the Vince Coakley radio program. It's news time. Welcome to hour number two of the Vince Coakley radio program. Hope you had a great weekend. This uh, was a... Um, Mostly relaxing weekend for me. I I think I've mentioned before, I always try to visit my, my mom in Kentucky at least once a month. And I think I decided Friday night, 
that I would go on Saturday. And um, so it was good to visit with her. She is doing well. Before going this time around, my sister gave me a heads up because she has a just a huge tub of pictures. And she was saying, you need to go through some of these pictures and pick out the ones that you want to keep. And I have to tell you, this was the most, it was so overwhelming, added to the fact I was tired. And here I, I'm thinking, okay, maybe there's a box of pictures to go through. Okay, this isn't going to take long. I'm telling you, folks, I could spend a week going through all of these pictures. It was that huge. <laughs> it was a big tub of pictures. So we'll be going through some of these for quite some time. And it was, and I'm, I'm sure many of you can relate to this, especially when you lose loved ones. It's really a, um, it can be an, a very emotional experience. As you go through, and so many of these pictures I saw of, of mom and dad and the extended family coming to visit us here in Charlotte back when we had uh, each of the children, uh, pictures of dad holding each of them. It was, uh, that was just quite an experience, just going on this journey down memory lane. And there will be much more of that. I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't even scratch the surface. This is going to take many, many hours for us to go through these pictures. And uh, they're just wonderful memories to reflect on. And at the same time, kind of bittersweet as you reflect on the people who are not there, like my grandmother, for instance, and some pictures that I don't remember ever seeing. It was pretty awesome, too. To uh, come across these. So, um, left late day morning and then um, came back Saturday afternoon on the last flight back. And it was kind of funny because I got to the airport, Bluegrass Airport, and I. saw the flight crew they were boarding they were beginning their journey there was a crew change the crew that brought the plane in from charlotte was going to stay and the one uh going out was starting a three or four day journey of trips so i'm there talking with the crew before they go in and then uh, I didn't think a lot of it until I got in walked into the plane and the first question was hey how long have you been out of TV (laughs) I'm just thinking oh my gosh it has been 13 years by the way 13 years but I was explaining to a friend of mine who uh, just thought that was absolutely funny because I um and just so you understand, this whole celebrity thing is kind of a paradox for me. It's never anything that I celebrate. I don't, I'm not a person who thrives on that stuff. There are people who, they just love celebrity. They love getting attention. I honestly am a person who, uh, and in fact, even more so as I've gotten older, is uh, just not moved by that at all. I'm not as offended or insulted I just don't, 
it's not something I seek. So I hope that helps you understand where I'm coming from along those lines. So it, it was, I try to find entertainment in it anyway. I want to go into something that's very, very sensitive. And I refer to it in this way because the person involved I consider to be a friend, especially years ago when I set out to run for office. I had never heard of this guy, to be honest with you, never heard of him. And I don't know how we ended up connecting. It was uh, through, I, I know how it ended up happening because of the radio show I was doing at the time. We were also on in Greenville, South Carolina. And uh, I think he reached out to me at some point. And we ended up becoming really good friends. I have referred to this person as being one of my favorite members of Congress. Uh, reliably conservative. Not the kind of person who wavers, who um, is cowardly like so many of these politicians and inconsistent. But imagine my shock when I saw a story about a congressman allegedly having multiple affairs. And I looked and I saw the picture and I thought, this can't be. It cannot be. And since then, there have been several iterations of this story. And as you would expect, who would have the most thorough coverage of the story? The UK Daily Mail. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this story. I will just tell you the nuts and bolts. And I share this mainly out of a desire for you to pray, those of you who are so inclined, to pray for my friend. Here's the headline, UK Daily Mail. Jeff Duncan splits with wife after multiple affairs despite... South Carolina GOP congressman selling himself as pro-family values and traditional marriage. Jeff Duncan's wife filed for divorce in South Carolina on Friday. In her court filing, she claimed Duncan was carrying out several affairs. Duncan's alleged adultery flies in the face of his family values image. Jeff Duncan's alleged dalliances were revealed by his wife of 25 years and mother of his three children, Melody Duncan, as she filed for divorce from the GOP lawmaker in a Lawrence County courthouse on Friday. The filing alleged that Duncan, an outspoken Republican who claims on his congressional page, is a strong advocate for life and traditional family values, carried out one of the affairs with a D.C. lobbyist named as Liz Williams in the document. Duncan is now believed to be living with Williams. Duncan's office did not immediately respond to a request for comment when contacted by Daily Mail. This story goes on to also say the alleged adultery comes just weeks after Governor of North Dakota, Kristi Noem, another hardline Republican. You know how much I hate this phrase. Who was even floated as a potential running mate for Donald Trump was caught in Exclusive reporting by Daily Mail alleging cheating on her husband with Trump advisor Corin Lewandowski. As for 
Jeff Duncan. I will just have very brief remarks about him. Uh, those of you who are Christian believers, I just urge you to pray for Jeff, to pray for his wife, Melody. I will also tell you I've reached out to both. I communicated my love for both of them. And I um, just left it there, to be honest with you. I have no idea the total ins and outs of this story, and frankly, it's one of those things where I probably don't want or need to know anymore. But I would ask for your prayers for both of these folks. I And I don't even care what the circumstances are in some situations. I just hate to see uh, marriages blown up. It's just horrible. 25 years of marriage just blown up so I just share that with you uh, in the interest of full disclosure I know Jeff has been a frequent guest on this broadcast as I mentioned I consider him a friend I do not want to just ignore this for this to be an elephant in the room without just commenting on it and that's my comment pray for him and pray for her it's really that simple Back in the Vince Coakley radio program, I mentioned earlier in this broadcast a news conference coming up from Senator Bob Menendez. This is allegedly happening around 1130. And when this happens, we will bring that to you. It's kind of interesting because you may be surprised to find out who is the first person, the first Democrat senator calling for Bob Menendez's resignation. It's none other than John Fetterman of Pennsylvania. In fact, NBC News has an interesting story here. Democratic senators reluctant to join John Fetterman in calling for Bob Menendez's resignation. Why are they? (laughs) So far, Democratic colleagues are being much more guarded. In interviews on Sunday news programs, three Democratic senators were highly critical of Menendez, who was recently indicted on sweeping corruption charges, but did not call for him to vacate his seat in the Senate, where Democrats have a slim majority. For his part, at least expressed thus far, Menendez very defiantly saying, I am not going anywhere. Well, we may hear those words in just a few minutes as he holds a news conference to address these matters that have become public. You heard about on this broadcast. That's coming up in a few minutes. A little more fun before we delve into the heavy-duty stuff. My friend Ken posted this on social media. Do the Dolphins play a middle school football team? (laughs) How cruel can you possibly be? Yes, you've probably heard about this. Miami Dolphins score 70 points and take a knee rather than take a shot at the NFL scoring mark. 
they put on an offensive masterclass Sunday, defeating the Denver Broncos 70-20 to in their home opener, scoring the second most points by a team in a regular season game in NFL history. The NFL record for one game is 73 points, set by the Chicago Bears in the 1940 NFL championship. The regular season record is 72 points by Washington in 1966. These are long records, long-standing records. Late in the fourth quarter, the Dolphins had a chance to break the NFL regular season record and tie the Bears' mark, but they opted to kneel instead of kicking a field goal from the Broncos' 28-yard line. Why, you may ask. Mike McDaniel, Dolphins head coach, said it felt like chasing points, chasing a record. That's not what we came here to do. Doesn't have a bearing on the overall season outcome. Ten times out of ten, you concede and kneel down in those situations because there was an attainable record that was cool. But the message I thought it would send wasn't in line with how I view things. Miami's victory, just the fourth time in NFL history, a team has scored at least 70 points, including playoffs. Pretty amazing. (laughs) 70 to 20. Did you watch this disaster? I mean, (laughs) how embarrassing. How in the world do you... You know, one of the things I think back to my days, I know this feeling when I played Little League Baseball. And... You know, ultimately, there's a mercy rule when you play Little League. But there's a sense in which it just feels futile. It's like, why even go out there and play? I mean, there's just no way you're going to catch up. It's impossible. It's just, it's over. But you got to go out there and make it look good anyway. So, there you go. What an experience. Speaking of exercises in futility, we have the Republican House that still is not able to come up with a funding deal for the government. We're edging ever closer to that October 1st deadline where they're going to have to come up with something or the government may shut down. Oh, how terrible. We have a Tennessee Republican who is vowing he may actually oust Kevin McCarthy if he makes a deal with the Democrats. His name is Tim Burchett. He is considering supporting a possible effort to oust House Speaker Kevin McCarthy if McCarthy makes a deal with Democrats as a way out of this week's impending government shutdown. He said, that would be something I would look strongly at if we do away with our duty that we said we're going to do. Burchett's comments come as Representative Matt Gates of Florida has used the shutdown as a launching pad to call for McCarthy's removal as Speaker. Overall, McCarthy has faced attacks from fellow Republicans accusing him of failing to lead his party, which holds a slim majority in the House. The House last week failed to pass legislation to fund the government and Republican infighting with hardliners. There's that word again. (sighs) Who have promised to object to any stopgap measure. McCarthy wants to deliver a GOP opening bid to the Democratic Senate while also holding back a rebellion by far-right members of his party. See, I'd love to meet these folks who are using these terms. So simply because somebody doesn't want to overspend, they're a hardliner. I mean, these, these, these so-called journalists, 
They are brain dead. It's really a sickening every time I see this. And, and you see how frequently this comes up in news stories, don't you? There is somebody speaking now. Um, oh, I assume what may be going on. Maybe, uh, maybe the senator who is uh, under scrutiny now, as in Bob Menendez, maybe he has some people speaking on his behalf. But uh, when he does speak, we will bring that to you. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program, I want to fill you in on what's happened the past few minutes. But first, uh, let's go ahead and listen in on um, the news conference from Bob Menendez. I will tell you what he had to say at the beginning. Let's pick it up where he is uh, speaking right now. Bob Menendez. I never relented in making sure that New Jerseyans were made whole and had the resources to rebuild stronger and more resilient than before. They are here because during the worst pandemic in a century, I went to bat for small business owners throughout the state to ensure they could keep their doors open and their employees on the payroll. They are here because when state and local governments were faced with excruciating decision of having to lay off frontline responders, police officers, and firefighters during the pandemic, I delivered billions in federal funding and investments to keep our state, cities, and towns, and hospitals afloat. They are here because throughout my career, and some may not have liked the positions I've taken, I have stood against authoritarian regimes in Iran and its desire to achieve nuclear uh, weapons, or Cuba and its dictatorship, or authoritarianism in Turkey, Venezuela, Russia, and wherever in the world where human rights and democracy have been threatened. And they are here because I have made it my life's work about protecting refugees and immigrants who come to our shores seeking a better future. All right, for uh, what you're hearing now, um, I think we've heard enough from uh, Mr. Menendez because I'll fill you in on what he had to say. Uh, of course, he started the news conference during the news. Um, he is making reference now to, I believe, the Egyptian people that he had been working with, he's alleged to have colluded with. And he's basically saying, they are here. They've benefited from some of these government programs that were designed to mitigate the damage from COVID. And, you know, as you know, the prosecutors, we shared with you the information on Friday that he supposedly was working with these uh, Egyptian business people. And that's what these crimes that he's alleged to have committed that's who he allegedly committed these crimes with. He's trying to basically say these are people who've benefited from government programs just like everybody else because he, Bob Menendez, has fought for this funding and for all of these benefits for people during a very difficult time. Let me tell you how he started off the news conference. Um, not surprisingly, beginning by mentioning the fact that he is the son of Cuban refugees, yada, 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 yada. There are a lot of sons and daughters of Cuban refugees who are not crooks. I'm sorry, folks. I just don't believe a word this man is saying. He goes on to say that everything he has, he has worked for. I'm sure. All of the other crooked politicians 
who have things. They've worked for them, too. The problem is they weren't working for you. They were working for somebody else. Nobody's questioning whether he has worked for it. He has worked for these things. He worked for all this money. In fact, it's really hilarious. If you were to turn on Fox News Channel right now, you would see a picture of Bob Menendez on the left. On the right, Fox has a picture of all of the money that was collected by the feds from his house, the gold bars, and the Mercedes. (laughs) This, anyway... He's described this as the biggest fight yet in his life. I'm sure it is. He said that when all the facts are presented, he will be exonerated. And he will remain New Jersey's senior senator. Obviously, in this kind of circumstance, he pointed to the fact that we are presumed innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. So, Bob Menendez making the case this morning that these allegations are simply that, just allegations, and when the dust is settled on all of this, that he will prevail. So, hey, we wish the man the best of luck. I really do. I don't wish the man ill at all, but... I think we also know a crook when we see a crook. This is not his first rodeo. It really isn't. And the fact that he was exonerated before, well, it's not going to happen again. I'm pretty sure of that. This is going to be the end of Bob Menendez's career. I'm sure of it. By the way, (laughs) the New York Post, I just pulled up the New York Post story on this. This is a winner. New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez expected to announce re-election bid at Monday's news conference days after bribery charges. Boy, you talk about, I mean, some might call this courage. Uh, I don't know what you would call it. But he is... Absolutely defiant. And despite what we have seen and what we have heard, the evidence that has been presented thus far, um, he is saying it's not how it appears. So there you go. Love to get your thoughts. Our phone number is 704-570-1110, 704-570-1110. What do you think about this circumstance? Do you think this is a clear situation that is going to be black and white? Or do you believe that, yeah, they, Bob and Entis is going to be exonerated here? Um, this is just absolutely bizarre at least from my perspective. I mentioned one of the things that we're going to be watching in the coming days. What's going on with the financial situation with our country? As you know, um, the government has a responsibility, and specifically the House, 
has a responsibility to pass 12, 12 appropriations bills. And these are supposed to be ready in order for the government to be funded for October 1st. And here we are, folks. Here we are. At a place where we're about ready to have another showdown that may end with the government shutting down. And the possibility, I told you earlier, one Tennessee congressman is suggesting that he may very well back a motion to vacate the chair. That would be the end of Kevin McCarthy's speakership. He's concerned about the possibility that Kevin McCarthy may actually make a deal with Democrats. Well, one Democrat who is definitely not going to help Kevin McCarthy Aunt Esther. Do you remember Aunt Esther? I'm referring to Maxine Waters. She is trashing pathetic Kevin McCarthy. (laughs) Won't save the House Speaker if the GOP votes to oust him. Saying simply he doesn't know what he's doing. Saying she's certainly not going to vote to save the embattled House Speaker if the GOP votes to oust him. So... There will be no help from Aunt Esther, Kevin. So you better get it together. Back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program, final stretch of the broadcast on this Monday. I threw something interesting out to you, by the way. Do you know this is what we're watching now in New Jersey? Is another example of one of the so-called progressive amendments to the Constitution that has backfired. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. We had an amendment to the Constitution that made the selection of senators something done by popular vote as opposed to something done by state legislatures. See, If we had the Constitution that was originally designed, the legislature in New Jersey could immediately decide, you know what, this guy is a liability. We don't want him anymore in Washington. And they could remove him. See, originally the whole purpose behind senators was for the senators to represent the states. Now the states have no representation whatsoever. The House was supposed to represent the people. The Senate, the states. Now you have no recall measures available at all. So yes, I understand this whole thing of innocent until proven guilty. But states should not be held hostage. No state should be held hostage while a person goes through a legal process like this. But this is yet a continuation of so-called progressive policies because they knew it would be easier to manipulate individual people than it would be states. They know this how this works. So there you go. 
By the way, all that money that Bob Menendez says was found in his home, he took it out of savings. Just thought you ought to know. <laughs> oh, uh, an additional thing to add to this. The Daily Caller reports Democratic New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez has hired Hunter Biden's lawyer to defend him from the bribery charges leveled by, leveled by federal prosecutors on Friday. He's hired Abby Lowell, the partner at Winston and Strawn. Same lawyer representing Hunter Biden on gun charges and the ongoing DOJ investigation into tax offenses. So there you go. I'm sure they will be very glad to have his money. This is just hilarious, isn't it? All right, folks, time to take a look at the day in history. How are you doing today, Bernie? I am great, Vince. Hope you are, sir. Not bad. Not bad. Um, we have a total of eight items here. All right. 1775, troops from this country captured Ethan Allen and a handful of Americans trying to invade Canada. Where are these troops from? Mm. Who did we have an issue with in 1775? That'd be Great Britain. That would be the Brits the indeed. Brits. 1789, it wasn't enough for us to have a constitution. There was a determination by some to make sure that our freedoms are protected. I almost give away a word that's included here. They said it was very important to add these additional things on to the Constitution in order for it to pass. So the freedom Congress, of rights? The Congress passed this 1789. What was it called now? It's not the freedom of rights. Is it? You're close. Oh, um. I deliberately avoided using the word. Mm. I'm going to give it to you. Okay, it's go ahead. the Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights. Oh, my gosh. This was <laughs> insisted upon by people who recognized <sighs> that individual protections were necessary. Since I know people are screaming at me through the radio. Oh, they are not. I just maybe, know they Maybe are. one or two. How's that? Pete's yelling at me over here. <laughs> <laughs> 1804 is the year. The 12th Amendment ratified, changing the way we pick a president and vice president. 1959, we had President Eisenhower and Soviet leader Khrushchev hmm. starting talks at Camp David. 1965, 59-year-old Satchel Paige pitched three innings for the KC Athletics against the Boston Red Sox. 1970, let's see if you know this particular show. It started on ABC. It's... um. One of the cheesiest shows that was on television. It was a, um, <laughs> I, I, I've got to use the word family. Uh, they did music and I actually had a lunchbox. Oh, is this, this the Osmonds? Oh, no. No, is this Family Ties? I don't know. The I don't know. Partridge Family. Oh, of course. Yes. Yes. They, I'm familiar with the Partridge that Family. That show debuted in 1970 on ABC. This, boy, it kind of gives me the creeps to think about how long that has been. 1981, we had the first woman on the Supreme Court, Sandra Day O'Connor, was sworn in. And 2007, the Patent and Trademark Office cancels all claims to this most famous sandwich which every child knows how to make. The PB&J. Can you believe somebody tried to get a patent on that? No, I cannot. That's you insane. Can't, you can't patent.
that. It's like Taco Tuesday events. LeBron yeah. James. Exactly. Unreal. Just give it a break. <laughs> Do you remember a few weeks ago, we had a couple that claimed they were tortured on their way on a flight because there was a pungent odor they were experiencing from the family dog. Oh, yeah. Singapore Airlines has paid a New Zealand couple over $1,400 after their flight experience went from premium to pungent while they were traveling. The couple had been flying the flatulent skies home from Paris when they found themselves in a position where a gas mask might have made all the difference. It was fine in the beginning, but soon the couple realized they were sharing their premium seats with a gassy canine companion. This was uh, reported a few weeks ago. So it turns out this 13-hour flight from Paris to Singapore, well, now they've been compensated $1,400 for having to deal with this gassy dog. You think that's fair? That Would that be acceptable to you, just 1400 Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. the price of the ticket. I mean, they got a free flight. Yeah, pretty much so. Yeah, so I don't know. It's a yeah. dog. It's a dog, Vince. Things happen. People fart, too, you know? <laughs> Is everybody going to get a refund if they smell farts on a plane? Exactly. You know, I, I'm going to bet that some people, <laughs> there's probably been an uptick in complaints like this because people figured out, uh, yeah, you just never know. Squeaky wheel gets the grease there, Vince. You're absolutely right about That's right. that. That's all the time we have for the broadcast today. Thanks very much for joining us. Have yourselves a great day and be safe out there and God bless you. Adios.